Welcome to the Finding Life Teaching Podcast, where we lead people to find life in Jesus through teaching the Bible. We would do anything to be strong. We hate weakness. We hate frailty. We hate sickness. Have you listened to the medicine commercials lately? I mean, we cure our illness, but we get irritable bowel syndrome, or we get cancer, or we get death. They're bleeding from the eyes. And okay, maybe that's a little bit too far, but I mean, in order to heal one minor thing, we take the risk of getting this major thing. And the point isn't that if you take medicine, you should stop. That's not the point. The point is, is that we will do anything to make it look like we have no weakness, that we are strong, that we are all put together. It doesn't have to be medicine. It could be gym. It could be uh, substance abuse. It could be Instagram, Facebook. I mean, we go to great lengths to make people think we've got it all put together. And you know what? I believe that God has put that desire inside of us. This series is called Foreshadow. We're taking a look at the, the prophecies of Jesus, or some of the prophecies of Jesus, where, we, where, where, where these Old Testament uh, uh, people are pointing forward to the future, to this one who is standing in the midst. And they want to bring you closer to him so that you can recognize and follow him, that you can hear and follow him. Today, we're going to be in Isaiah 61. We're going to start in the latter part of the the third verse in our in their righteousness they will be like great oaks that the lord has planted for his own glory here in the ozarks we've and several wind storms i mean we're just absolutely windy days and of course we get tons of storms and we've got a lot of oaks in our area and man they are strong they take every storm that is thrown at them. In fact, when we see an oak that is toppled over and the roots are, are up out of the ground and, 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 and the entire tree is completely flat, flattened, we are mesmerized by the power of that storm. In fact, usually we think there is something wrong with the oak. It wasn't living anymore or death had started creeping in on it. That's what caused it to not be able to withstand the storm. And so we, we have this, this passage, Isaiah 61, where, 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 where Isaiah is pointing forward to this one that's going to give this kind of strength. How is Jesus foreshadowed as the one who gives the strength? And if he really is the one that gives this kind of strength, how does he give us a strength that is like the oak tree? Well, maybe you're thinking, okay, that's, Isaiah 61 3 what about the other verses especially the ones leading up to it here are those other verses 1 through 3 of the first part of 3 the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor he has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed he has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come to all who mourn in Israel he will give a crown of beauty for ashes a joyous blessing and instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. And you may be taking a look at that passage or listening to that passage and say, okay, wait a minute, this is Isaiah talking and he's talking about me, 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 me. I will be the one to, 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 to do this. So how on earth is this Jesus? This is the thing about prophecy. Yeah, with prophecy, there is a right now fulfillment, but prophecy is about 
pointing to something that is in the future, especially when it comes to messianic prophecies, the, 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 the prophecies that are about Jesus pointing to the one in the future that is to come. But they're pointing to the one in the future through the mist. They, they want to bring you closer so that you can recognize that figure so that you will hear and follow him. And so does just Jesus think he is the one in this passage? Well, in Luke chapter 4, Jesus is kicking off his ministry, and he's doing so in his hometown synagogue. These are the people that he grew up with. It's his family. It's his mother. It's his siblings. But it's also the ones that that's watched him grow up. I mean, to play a little bit of imagination, perhaps Jesus helped Joseph build some of these people's furniture in their home because Joseph was a carpenter. And so as he's kicking off his ministry, he's been baptized. He's gone through his temptation. He is, finds himself in his hometown synagogue amongst the people that he knows. And he opens up the scroll of Isaiah and he reads this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He read the same exact passage that we just read out of, out of Isaiah 61. He read this passage. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. You could cut the tension with the knife. What is he going to say next? He just read this passage what is he going to say next then jesus began to speak to them the scripture you have just heard has been fulfilled this very day we see this in luke chapter 4 jesus believes he is the fulfillment of this passage in isaiah 61 and people were amazed they were astonished some of them in a good way some of them were astonished in a good way saying oh he is the one that isaiah was pointing to he is that one but others were astonished in a bad way well isn't this joseph's son i mean mary and his siblings are right here among us he he built my table in my house how on earth could he be the one that isaiah was pointing to not leaving well enough alone jesus said you know what a prophet is without honor in his hometown and i will go to those who believe even if it is people who are outside of israel if it is the gentiles if it, if it is the non-religious those farthest from god i will go to them and they'll believe me this riled them up so much that they pushed him out of the synagogue out of the city to a cliff in order to push him off of the cliff this wild the fact that jesus said all of this has riled them up so much that they wanted to kill him now i don't know how jesus did this i don't know if this was a jedi mind trick i don't know if he waved his hand and just walked through because they ceased to see him anymore but he just walked through the crowd and they did not kill him that day because that is not how Jesus was going to die. The point of the matter is this, that he so believed that he fulfilled this prophecy that he was willing to rile his hometown up to the point that they wanted to throw him off of a cliff. Look, the point of all of this isn't just to know some prophecy of Jesus. The point of this is to say that Jesus believed that he was the one to come to heal the broken. He was the one to come to heal the broken. And he did heal people from the outside. He healed their sicknesses. He healed their blindness. I mean, he rose people from the dead. He healed their outside frailties. But 
those outside frailty healings were about showing that he was going to, that he was the one to heal us from the inside out. The desire to fix the frailties of our life must point us to the one who can fix our frailties. The fact that we have these frailties, we have these weaknesses, we have this brokenness that we want to fix, that we want to be strong, that we want to, we want to see healed needs to point us to the one who can actually heal them. And that is Jesus. And Isaiah is drawing us closer to point through the mist at this figure and say, that's the one, that's the one that you need to follow. And that leads us now in Isaiah Back to our first passage, in their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. And you say, hey, yeah, 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 in their righteousness. I, yeah, I know how this plays out. I've been around church enough or I've seen church played out or I've had somebody or I've been hurt or whatever. When, 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 when they do their righteousness, that makes them strong and makes them all powerful and all holier than thou. And they end up oppressing those that are unrighteousness. Or that, that live in unrighteousness, that don't live according to God's ways. You're exactly right. And that is the main battle that Jesus had, is the fact that the religious leaders built their own righteousness. That was their outside salve. That is how they took care of the outside. See, religion is about putting ourselves together. But that's not what God wants. See, one day Jesus was walking. He was walking with an entire crowd of people. They were following him. He was doing amazing things. And they were fo- the crowd was following him. And he came upon this tax collector named Levi. We know him also as Matthew. He ended up, this guy ended up writing one of the accounts that we have of Jesus' life. But he started off as a tax collector. And yeah, we don't like paying our taxes today, but... In that day, tax collectors, they were like the wolf of Wall Street. They cheated people and they swindled them out of their money. No matter who they were, they just took whatever they wanted. And they lived these lavish party lifestyles because of it. And Jesus told Matthew, Jesus told Levi, get up and follow me. And Levi saw something in Jesus to know that he needed to follow him. And also, what is unwritten in here, but we can we can see is that there is something about the tax collector and about the money and about the parties and about all of this lifestyle that did not heal his brokenness. But there was something about Jesus that got him up from that table and leaving all of that behind to follow him. But that wasn't what riled up the religious people. What riled up the religious people was what he did next, what Jesus did next. Jesus went to Levi's home, but not just did he eat with Levi, but Matthew got all of his tax collector and sinner buddies together to have this sinner's party. And Jesus was the guest of honor because, because Matthew wanted to introduce his sinner buddies to Jesus. And this riled the religious people up. They started grumbling about that. And when Jesus perceived this, and really I'm sure that he was waiting for it, this is what he said, Mark 2.17, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are are sinners look religious people no matter what your religion is (laughs) religious religion is about putting yourself together on the outside so that it looks like you have no brokenness and you have no weakness 
what God is all about and what Jesus is all about is about putting us together. He is about putting together the broken. But see, the deal is, is that we have to see ourselves as the broken. We have to see ourselves as spiritually poor, spiritually blind, spiritually captive, spiritually oppressed. And we have to recognize that we are broken. See, what you've experienced in church, if you've experienced people utilizing their own righteousness to be strong, isn't what God intended. What God intended is a bunch of people who recognize that he is the one that heal the broken, that they are strong because God has healed them. And in order to see that take place, we have to trust Jesus, trust that he will make us into the, this oak with roots going down, not in ourselves, but into somebody else. Our roots going down into Jesus, into, into his righteousness. And trusting Jesus is as simple as hearing and following Jesus. I'm not saying it's always easy, but it is simple. Hearing and following him. And as we hear and follow him, we'll do things we never thought we would do. And we would give up things that we never thought we would give up. Because we recognize that the things that we do don't bring strength. They may make us look strong, but they don't heal the brokenness from the inside out and as we hear and follow Jesus we find his strength in Matthew as, as, as Matthew told the story of Jesus one of the first teachings of Jesus is what we call the Sermon on the Mount and this sermon was actually downgrading the righteousness of, of, of the Pharisees and the scribes and the, the religious people the, the, those that make themselves look all put together strong because they put themselves together but and they have no brokenness. And he told the crowd, hey, look, if you want the kingdom of God, if you want to be in the kingdom of God, your righteousness has to be greater than that of the scribes and the Pharisees. Their righteousness gets them nowhere with God. And then he teaches about what this righteousness looks like. And then towards the end, his conclusion is this, Matthew 7, 24 and 25. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the flood waters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. Jesus uses a different metaphor, but the idea is the same. If you listen to me, if you hear my words and you follow me, your house is going to be like a house that is built on a rock. He does go on to say, if you don't listen to me, if you don't hear me, if you don't follow me, it's like your house is built on the sand. Any little wind can come and knock it down. But if you do listen to me, it's like a house that is built on a solid foundation. No matter what storm comes, no matter what wind comes, it is strong. Or you're like an oak with its roots that go deep into the soil who is Jesus drawing from his nourishment and his strength and you become this mighty oak with life that can withstand any storm that life throws your way in Isaiah 61 4 they will rebuild the ancient ruins repairing cities destroyed long ago they will revive them though they have been deserted for many generations yeah, they were looking forward to literal and physical cities being rebuilt. But this part of Isaiah was looking to a greater restoration than just the physical. It was looking forward to a spiritual restoration 
where spiritual lives, spiritual cities, spiritual communities were built back together that are strong. You find your strength as you bring your brokenness to Jesus and hear and follow him to his strength. See, life, being strong in life, isn't about pretending we have no brokenness and we have no weakness and we have no sickness. It's not about putting ourselves together. It is about coming to one, to, to the one who put together the broken. Isaiah tries to draw us closer to this one. He points to him through the mist and says, look, this one, he's coming. He's coming. I want you to recognize him so that you will hear and follow him. See, when we look through the mist or we look at somebody that, that we don't know, and we don't know their figure, we don't know their walk, we don't know who they are, we have a hard time recognizing them. But when we look at somebody that we do know from a distance, maybe their back is turned or maybe it's through a mist. Maybe, husbands, you've done this. You've seen your wife across the room. She, her back is turned to you. And you go up and you, you put your arm around her. You do something from, uh, uh, from behind her because you know that is her. Maybe every once in a while you're in that awkward moment where you knew it was her, but it wasn't. But that's a different illustration for a different day. You know it was her because you know what she looks like. And you can recognize her through a mist or through a crowd. And you see her. That's what Isaiah is trying to do for us with Jesus. Bring us closer so that we recognize his figure so that we will trust him, have faith in him, to hear and follow him through the mist that is our life. And as we hear and follow him, his righteousness will make us stronger. So what kind of foundation do we want? Where do we want our roots? Down deep into who Jesus is so that we can be strong? Or do we want shallow roots so that any storm of life that comes our way will knock us over? It's our choice. The strength of Jesus comes through our brokenness. We hear and follow him to find his strength. Thank you for listening to the Finding Life Teaching Podcast. You can find more content online. Our website is findinglife.me. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at findinglife19. If you like what you hear, a little bit of help goes a long way. Like, share, and comment through social, rate and review through iTunes, and finally, subscribe through your podcast player of choice.